um, Mama Bear got up and was like trying to scold him. It was like, don't waste food. And But she didn't know that Bajoran's hands were rated E for everyone. So he just knocked her out. And, um, rated E for everyone. <laughs> How dare you reiterate it, <laughs> chuckle a little, and then put the crickets. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Herbal Synergy Cell Shop. I'm your host, Synergy, with me as always, Herbie. What's up, everybody? Need a fire whoever put the sad horns. <laughs> nah, I, you know, I had to spice it up a little bit. Uh, you spiced it up with some uh, negative sounds. I did. Keep them on your toes, you know what I'm saying? I hear you, brother. I hear you. Yes, sirs. I don't think I have a flavor this week. I ain't gonna even try. I haven't watched a couple things I wanted to watch, so that's probably where my flavor would have been, but it's not. You don't even know, because you haven't watched them, so... Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, um, there was, a, there was some, a lot of moments I enjoyed this week. I did enjoy, like, the second half of The Legendary Heroes Dead. That one um, was pretty much pretty much gold. Break, that was a good episode. Laugh. Yeah, so. I was like, man, yeah, that was good. We'll, we'll discuss it more um, on that one. But, yeah, did no they, flavor. Did they, um, ah, we'll, we'll wait till we talk about it. Yeah, we will. It was a it's a it's a perv thing I thought was unnecessary. Yeah, some of the stuff they did was uh extraneous. Mm-hmm. Wasn't needed, but yeah. And like so, I said, I don't have one, so shall we get started? Yeah, it looks like we got no choice but to get started. Okay. Starting off with Liar Liar, episode ten Liar. Heroes and Tricks. Um, tricks. It turns out the corrupt manager was behind the third Cyanji. And the third Cyanji, apparently we found out from, uh, I guess, Host Girl, is an illegal player. She apparently doesn't exist in any of the academies, and she just snuck in. Um, yeah, she just snuck in. So... Their, um, the overall plan in the beginning half of this episode was to, to unite the remainder of the competition to, like, stop the third Sanji from getting more territory. And they decided for them to be able to do that, Hidito needs to get his hands on the wild card, which he deduced that the little girl was the um key to the wild card and she ends up being the final boss in the like I guess respawn mini quest area. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't a distraction at all. She just wasn't it wasn't time for her to do anything. Um yeah. now so they settled that plan and they put it in forward so Hidito is at the area where he has to take on the um the boss which is the little girl 
And they're like playing like a Pokemon card game, bro. There's just like, it, it's weird because like I guess, I guess in these rules, if you challenge someone that has the same number you as the challenger, you just win. I have no idea. You know, it's weird. The rules to that card game is weird. Like why? I don't get how like you win from a tie, but regardless, Hidoto did Hidoto things and like. Big Brain also cheated his way to, like, um, powerful cards. And a lot of people were, like, trying to help him because they didn't want the Cyanji to win. So people gave him nines. And one of the previous guys that was, like, picking a fight with him made an attempt at the final boss with straight level 10s and a, like, exceed level card. So he ended up attacking with straight 11s, but... Homegirl's, uh, Cerberus? 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 Um, dispatched them pretty easily. So they figured, oh, it's gotta be stronger than, how's she stronger than, like, 311s? So Hidito comes up and he deduced it, like, oh, you're actually in the negative, aren't you? She's like, oh my god, how'd you figure that out? I'm actually negative 99. Which, I don't get how that makes you stronger that's a weird game to me it was i was like what i didn't get it <laughs> yeah she's that little girl's a sixth assassin or whatever i'm like oh man that's weird i think it was weird too like you just had to like match the cards and if you match you, you won like what yeah that's what i'm saying like you just you, i, I, I don't get that something stronger it's weird it wasn't thought out well it was just like why don't you just have like a set of a tying card just like a like something that raised your monster's level or like if you did raise it raise it one above like i didn't get it i didn't get the fact that if you got the numbers to match you won yeah and then like i also didn't get the fact that like not only we made a, a game that didn't make sense, we didn't even try to explain how he cheated. Like he didn't even try to cover it up. He just straight up, I'm gonna change the, the numerical, uh, the number of her monster. I'm not gonna show that I'm using an ability or anything. I'm just gonna change it. I was like, damn, I might even try to cover up the cheating in this, and, and he beat her. <laughs> but yeah, he got out, and. Um, he was, at this point, he got help from a lot of people, and he beat the first guy, he traded the cards, and blah, 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 and then when he finally got out, he got into the control room, and he explained to everyone, I was like, hey, I'm back, it's me, I won the wild card, it's about to get interesting, but like, hold up. Third, third faces is like an illegal player that's designed to make us lose. So why would we let an outsider win? Let's all join forces and very easily got everyone to agree to an alliance with him. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it was a lot um, of. I feel like there was a lot of plot armor in this uh, episode. Yeah, I felt like I was watching Luffy. Yeah, I feel like he was just skating by. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it. I think it, something else was worth noting to mention was how 100, if Hundred Faces wins, they all lose a star. So, 
It's like, huh. Yeah, and how does like she take the star from them? Because like she's not a she's not a student, not a player. It's probably just like some arbitrary thing that they have. That everyone just has to lose a star and it goes in their system and laddy daddy daddy, we like to party. Laddy daddy daddy, we like the party. Yeah, so Yeah, on to the, the rain the reign of the seven spell blades. Reverse I Really? I thought this yeah, I thought this was a interesting uh concept here. Um yeah, so we'll get into it. So, in the beginning, the, the, there's the Knights of the Darkness table there, and they're all discussing Darius Garland and how he's not around for months. And like, oh, what, wonder what happened to him? Where did he go? And like, who took him out? And so this man is hanging from the ceiling. I'm like, wait, is that Shelly's father? Is that him? I was like, he's part of this dastardly group. I was like, no, no, say it ain't so. No. But anyhow, so they get to talking, and I, I was thinking, like, does he have to kill her father too? Because then I'm like, oh, there's a whole different dynamic there now. Because he's kind of like, you know, Trojan horse, get close to Shelly, and then got to kill the father. <laughs> like man, yeah. I think so, I think what's weird is um, what I noticed was the his personality didn't seem to match what he was first portrayed as when he found it now. Yeah, because it seemed like he was kind of like a um, he not aloof, but like someone that's like oh power hungry, not power hungry, but like oh I was looking out for for strong people so I can get strong people in my clan. Yeah, it just kind of seemed like the type that he did what he wanted without, like, regard for consequences and, like, didn't um, really, yeah. you know, yeah, just like. No replication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I was like. He seems, like, too strong and, like, his his demeanor, too, doesn't seem like he'd be in a, a place where he'd want to, like, just kill some random old lady for whatever reason or or kill Oliver's mother, so. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. Well, he wasn't a part of the... He wasn't actually a part of the table, so maybe he's not on their list. Or, like, he's table adjacent? Yeah. So, like, it could possibly... What what might be interesting, what if Oliver kills him and turns out he wasn't even involved? Yeah, now it creates a whole other vendetta about stuff so i'm like huh hmm. mm-hmm. we shall see what goes on there indeed but but anyhow so get to the next class broomstick riding dustin hedges he's their riding coach he takes him to a broom house and we learned that the brooms are um they're fawns and their genus like bromium and then south of fancy scopa I'm like, oh, okay. So the fawn feed off the energy in the atmosphere to, to make them do what they do and move. And my my girl in the now, she picks the most difficult broom to ride. It's like this broom just waiting for her. All the brooms loved her. But she picked the most difficult one to tame it when it didn't want 
be tamed. We wanted to run free. And she had to, like, nah, we don't do freedom here. Yeah, I was going to say free because this is America, but that's, uh, I don't think they're in America. <laughs> I'm willing to agree with you on that. I mean, I don't know. That do have some American um, sounding names, though. Mm-hmm. Like, like Oliver. I, I, yeah, I can see Oliver or Katie Alto or um, McFarlane, Michelle. I definitely probably got a few of those. Definitely Pete running through here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Bro, I ain't gonna lie. The thing that happened to Pete had me questioning the whole time I've been watching him. Like, has he always? Mm, yeah, no, no, but yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about that a little, little later because that's gonna come up. It is. And so, and then we found out that the broom is actually Oliver's mother. And it's the stage, uh, Dusty. He's like, I- I've been trying to trip, um, tame that broom for forever. Not at all. And I'm like, huh. So she's she's a natural. She's flying through, zooming through out there, looking like Harry Potter. <laughs> and so then this is where we get to Shelly's father stepping in. And she's, um, he's a new alchemy teacher. Which I'm starting to think that her father probably didn't have anything to do with the mother being killed, if that makes sense now. Because I was like, huh. Because if he's always traveling, he might have never been there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And then we get to the the magical engineering class with Andrico Forshiri. And this man's crazy. He's like the Mad Hatter. He He says, oh... We're going to learn about stuff by taking stuff apart. And so this is when he does the four bombs. And as a class, they all had to disarm the bombs. But they disarm the three. But but Pete's group can't seem to disarm the last one. So they're like, oh, well, we'll just let it blow up and we'll flee. And they flee. But Pete stumbles for some reason. Uh, he might be a little too top heavy at this point, but <laughs> but so Oliver goes back, saves them. The snakes bite some, and they get rid of the snakes. Uh, my guy, my boy, guy Greenwood, he had like a whole thing he did where he let the snakes get him and then like hardened himself and then knocked him out. And I was like, okay, I see you, buddy. And then so that happened, and I was like, hey. Pete, uh, we need to talk to you privately later. Mm-hmm. And so they, they go out and meet. And this is where my boy, he's like, hey, um, I need to need to ask you something. And he's like, oh, did you, did you change sexes? Or like, what about your dream or whatever? And he's like, oh. And so he shows him, shows him his body changes. And then she's like, oh, um. Are you, did you change everywhere? He was like, yeah. I was like, oh. It's like, you're a reverse eye. You know, you can change your sexes. And he's, he's like, yeah, try to do a, a lightning spell now. And he did one. He's like, oh, my gosh, I've never been able to do lightning spells before. And so he tells him essentially how special he is because each attribute is attributed to to the, the sexes. That he, yeah, the, the gender that he got going in there. And so I'm like, oh man, that that was cool. 
and the, the conversation was overheard by another gentleman. I think it was what, I forget his name, was it someone, Joseph, I don't know, somebody. If you're thinking I'm going to remember a name, you are sorely uh, mistaken. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, I still call main other genius homegirl Goldilocks. Yeah, it was someone. I can't. Well, anyway, that guy was also one of the same wizards that could flip-flop as needed. So he invited him to a party and turned out it's a society of sex-based magicians. Which I was like, oh, that's cool. You, you learn some stuff. Uh, lightning spells work differently. So I was like, huh. Good for my boy Pete. He's special. Yeah, he is. So, yeah. Anything you would like to add? No, I think uh, you had us covered. Got you covered like a punt return. Yeah, pretty much. Shoot. Excellent coverage. Yeah, so. Even go block spark it. it no, I don't think I blocked it. Just excellent coverage. <laughs> Blocking kicks hurt. I hate having to do that. Jesus Christ. Do they hurt really bad? Yeah. It's like breaking a finger without actually breaking a finger. Well, yeah, that ball is coming at you like with the all the momentum it had after the kick, I, I guess. I would rather it, it just hit off my face mask because that doesn't hurt. Damn, yeah, all right, no, enough for you living those days. <laughs> going to that villain. Bro, talking about, like, getting hit in the face, did I tell you that that passing machine that, like, we use in 2K hit me in yeah. the face? Mm, I can see it, but it does that. <laughs> you'll, hit, you'll throw a ball in someone's face in 2K. I feel like if, if you're going to make an animation where you can throw the, the ball to someone's face or whatever, then you should be able to make them like react like how they got hit in the face. No, 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 Irby, 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 Irby. What? I mean, the physical machine in real life hit me in the face. Oh. <laughs> that sucks for you, my guy. Knocked off my glasses, knocked off my hat, and knocked around my brain. How <laughs> high did you have the pass coming at you? Oh, it was going to Sheldon, but he missed the ball. And, like, me thinking, oh, get the ball real quick. My dumb ass passed around in front of it. And then as soon as I passed, it let go at, like, level four. Damn. Mm. That's terrible. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. Might have been pretty funny. I can only imagine. But not pretty. But, anywho, shall we get into some Vinland Saga? Go ahead. Hit that saga. Rosemary Yaga. Episode 14. The Light of the... The Light of Dawn? I have terrible penmanship. You do. You haven't seen my handwriting. I've seen enough to know. You haven't seen my handwriting. I have. You've seen my terrible seen writing in general. Yeah. I've but seen not it my all. handwriting. Yeah. No, nah, I know what it is. Hmm. Whatever. So, let me see, because I might be able to. Sp- 
speed through this if this I recall key. everything correctly. What do we end on? Okay. So, actually, not much here. I'm, I'm just, I'm not even going to rely on the notes. Because we see some girl flaunting around this snow. And she has a ring on her finger. And she's, like, admiring the ring and dancing and blah, blah, blah. And a, a woman that appears to be her mom calls her over. And, like, she, she goes inside. But, like, she does something with the tree and it looks like the ring's gone. So, for whatever reason, she's hiding the ring. Boom. Back to our crew, you know, they're talking to the the priest, the two guys are talking to the priest about trying to figure out what love is, and he's like, no, I don't think it's that, boom, I don't think it's that, and then, like, somehow, some reason, Thor's came up, the guys brought up the fight with Thor's, and how he beat the crap out of them and didn't even use a sword, and said that... A true warrior doesn't need a sword. For some reason, then I don't know why. That resonated with the priest. Like the priest had like some eye-opening epiphany. As if Thor saying that actually related to love somehow. Was, that part was a little confusing to me. And yeah. quite honestly, I don't know if uh, an alcoholic priest is going to know the definition of love or love anything other than that alcohol but at least he knows he doesn't love the alcohol i guess yeah but he's he is addicted so i don't know if he knows his own emotions oh well okay <laughs> so they Terrible. they carry on and you know they come across a a village and they go um they do what Askled does. As Ragnar is trying to talk him out of it. it's like no we need to turn around it's like my men will do whatever I say and you forget you forget us um Ragnar raiding villages is what we do so we go back over to the girl and now we see her family she has like. Three or four siblings, dad, a grandparent, mom, and they're saying prayer and talking about Jesus and stuff like that. And how, like, if you're bad, you know, Jesus won't won't let you in to his kingdom. And homegirl at the beginning of the show, like, excuses herself from the table. She says she has to use the bathroom. She goes to the tree and admits that she stole that ring. And then, like, her family, Jesus will probably love, but her probably wouldn't get into heaven. So she's guilt-tripping herself while still being infatuated with the ring. She tried to throw it, and she didn't. She just put it right back on her hand and became more infatuated with it. So after that, Askeladd's crew... Bajorn and a couple people went into their house, specifically their house, and my, my man, my man tasted the porridge or whatever it was, and said it was crap. Dumped it on the floor, and at this point, uh, Mama Bear got up. It was like trying to scold him. It was like, "Don't waste food," and 
But she didn't know that Bajoran's hands were rated E for everyone. So he just knocked her out. And, um, rated E for everyone. <laughs> how dare you reiterate it, <laughs> chuckle a little, and then put the crickets. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like rated E for everyone. Yeah, rated E for everyone, bro. He pieced her up. Not gonna let you get that one off. Listen, I'm just saying, you can't chuckle and then put cricket. So two don't coincide. Didn't chuckle. I, 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 I don't. That's a chuckle. Or was that a <laughs> gotcha? Was a, you ain't gonna speed talk your way out of this uh, cricket. <laughs> um, but Shaman. they. They threatened uh, the people. It was like, hey, Bijorn tried to speak uh, English as clear as possible. He's like, give me food or die. Something like that. So, the girl's still hiding. They rounded up all the villagers and took all the food. And the, I guess we'll call him the leader of the town, was begging for half the food. Just half the food and they can make it through the winter. He's like, they have kids. And Askeladd. And I knew this was coming. And it's like, don't worry. You won't have to worry about winters. And he gave the signal to kill them all. And it's like, Ragnar was um, protesting. It's like, what? They're not going to make it. And I don't have food uh, to spare. The more humane thing to do would be kill them. And plus, we save the risk of them spreading word of our arrival and alerting our enemies. Not to mention, a little earlier, the priest tried to warn them and Got his shit rocked. And Askeladd told him, Priest, I'll let this go since you're um, with Prince Canute. But if you try to interfere again, I'll kill you. I was like, okay, Askeladd. You be showing some signs of decency, but you're still a cold-hearted piece of shit. I appreciate that. Stay true to your character. Yep. Um, confirm or deny this for me. Did Askeladd not once but twice see that girl hiding? Um, I, I don't know. I could have sworn every time I saw his eye look somewhere specific, they like just went straight to her with the scene. It was just like, does he know she's there? But maybe he could tell by the way she was reacting because like later on it comes up that like she wouldn't be something to worry about because like after they kill everyone and bury them, the the snow is coming down heavy. So I don't think anyone's going to find them for a while. The, the village might actually get buried in snow. Yeah. Um, she goes walking off blue lips and like she's talking about like she was how she's so glad that there's people like Askeladd who does uh, crew who would do something like that. Cause like she felt elated when she stole the ring when she knew it was bad, but she felt elated and maybe it was like something like the devil tempting her. But she finds herself in the situation when they were doing that. She found herself elated once again, and then she fell into the snow. And I thought she died, but then she got up and she kept walking. And it was like, oh, homegirl, homegirl's alive. She doesn't really seem like she feels too bad about her family and whole village dying. She might just go steal some more things. I don't know. She doesn't seem like her. She doesn't seem like um, all her screws are tightly on. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows where the wind will blow? 
cold wind blows. Yeah. Um, so, on to the legendary hero is dead. Season 1, episode 5. The legendary hero is revived. So, what, what happens here, this episode... It's about we left off where she's about to pee on my old skeleton guy. Bro. Did they have to give her a camel toe? I mean if that's what it looked like, it's what it looked like. <laughs> so I I was just like, did I just see a camel toe? Was that necessary? I mean, if it's what it looks like, it's what it looks like, my guy. I guess. I'm surprised you're saying that. You know, accurate representation. <laughs> Just gotta make it go. But anyhow, um, yeah, I told her to hold on. And he's like, wait, there's a whole plan to do this. And he's like, there's no need to get peed on. And I was like, oh, okay. Some growth there because some old other uh, pervy folks would be like, go ahead and do it. But no. So he essentially. I would have said spit on me or something. Yeah, maybe. Anything I mean, but the pee. I don't know. Some people are into that stuff. True. But, yeah, not me though. But um, yeah. So he the, the he describes his whole plan. He's like after the ruse. He's like he's going to send out all sorts of people to find him, and we already set traps for the folks to get caught in, so that they would uh would. Be like his like the way the shared necromancy works is like he gets to see like what they see so so that happens. Um, Do they you see what I see? Twice. So um, yeah. So then he's like, "Yeah, hey, I'm gonna infiltrate them and pose like a skeleton, and try to kill him." And he's like. So that happens. And he's like, oh, I knew you were going to do this. That is why I did not um, keep this crystal in the same place. So he moved it. And Hoka eventually gets him to expose the crystal so that Yuna could, not Yuna, uh, Princess Marguerite can shoot it with her bows and arrows. Because that was, that was essentially the whole plan. He had a plan for a plan. I will say that although he doesn't appear to be very tactical, he always comes up with like plans and on top of plans and thinking. Oh, my man's ahead. resourceful as hell. Yeah, he he has moves ahead for days. So I was like, huh? Yeah, look at him. And then so she shoots it, destroys the crystal. She comes down, and another devil shows up. And this devil makes short work of the crew, and. Uh, my boy Toka, he like pushed Marguerite out the way after the devil will shoot like a beam and like sliced off the back of his head. He's finna die. Kind of, sort of, I guess, because he's already dead. He's just in the hero's body. So I guess once his soul is released, it would go back. Uh, but anyhow, he's like, oh, the princess carries him off. And he's like, he's like, I'm dying. And he's like, yeah, my last dying wish is to see you in some, some stockings. And then he like starts croaking and she like cries over him and tells all of her feelings about everything. And my boy is revived. He returns to full power. 
and this this is when it started getting hilarious to me. He he comes back to life and says, "Oh, prepare for thigh demise." <laughs> and crosses him with with a makeshift thigh, like one swing. I'm like, dang. And then we also get introduced to two new necromancers. So, but we find out the princess also cried ten years worth of tears over him. That's crazy. It is. And then once he was revived, he was like, "Hey, I want my last dying wish fulfilled because I died." And so she like drops her dress. She has all the stockings. I'm like, oh, look at her. So then we find out that this is another funny part right through here. <laughs> we find out that they they get a carriage and about to get off on the way. And this carriage powered by Mana. And the only one that could drive said carriage is going to be Henri. So that was funny. It was a setup. It was. And so they leave, and the princess doesn't see him off. But they're like, oh, she did give you these notes here. And so they get on the road, and they start reading notes. And she's like, yeah, I couldn't see you off, and I'll be at the Capitol working hard for this and the other. And she's like, but I left you something special in the box. And it's like, she'd, she'd open it. And then they're like, oh, you think she, the princess is really in there? And Toga's like, no, she's too trustworthy and honorable and... This and the other, like, she couldn't do any falsities as she wanted to. Meanwhile, she's in the bo- box thinking, like, oh, no one's going to get me. And then so the little note at the top was, like, four days later, they found her, and she was on the edge of starvation. I was like, man, like, you would just got out the box unless it was, like, nailed down? Because uh, I think I would have got out the box. My man guilted her into just staying in there and out of shame. Yeah. So I was like, man. That was funny. Isn't it and kind of so, crazy she fell in love with a skeleton? She did. Maybe the, the person, the representation. To her, looks don't matter. Considering so, she gets plumpy, she probably doesn't feel like looks on like like a Shrek and Fiona thing. Yeah, I don't think she cares too much. It's not just the person on the inside. Mm-hmm. True so, romance. It is. And so they find her, and then they start training. And Henri, it's like, oh, hey, look, dinner came to us. And it's like a pigeon with uh, a note attached to his leg. And she's like, oh, the person's like, no, you can't do that. That's a messenger pigeon, which I thought that was hilarious. And so they find find out that there's a fleeing necromancer in their general area. And they're being tasked to uh, investigate with him find whatever it was, but Toka's like, oh, dear, to to whom may concern, we're not going to do this. Bye! Because <laughs> he didn't want to see him because they're scary. Handle it yourself. Yeah. So then they're at a banquet where their food and, like, Henri and Marguerite fight over Toka's love and affection for when this is all over. And... Then they go to Hot Spring with Yuna, and and Marguerite's like, "Oh, hey, what about Toka? Can I? I'm gonna marry Toka. What about your feelings for him?" She's like, "Feelings?" Ah, she starts off angry, and she's changing. And my boy Yuna, 
not Yuna. My boy Toka is spying on Yuna. He's hiding up in the balcony. And she essentially like knocks him out. He's like, you look for these? And she rips up the stockings. It's like, oh, man, all the heroes' parties wear stockings. <laughs> oh, man, this is a weirdo. He is. She gets mad and flees half naked. And she's like, oh, man, all you perfect men are following me. It's like, I know I'm half naked, but this, that, and the other. But, like, you couldn't tell by the way they're walking and going, huh? <laughs> something was wrong. I guess like, they not, man. They wasn't that infatuated with you. Like, really, really girly? I don't know. But they're zombies. She doesn't know. And one of them bites her. I'm like, oh, she's a zombie. And so Toka chases after her. She goes to this little alleyway. And this part was funny, too. <laughs> Toka showed up. He's like, girl, what you do out, out here with all that booty? And <laughs> That made it crack me up. <laughs> and then she passes out and, or something. It's like, oh, she taught me this dark alleyway. She's trying to, she, that means she's finally going to get with me. And he's like, but it's not even me. It's a legendary hero. And he was like, even in death, he's blocking my blade. <laughs> and <laughs> all these antidotes are just funny. So... The zombies come, he puts up a barrier. She's like, hey, drop the barrier. I need to check them out. And she, like, proceeds to chuck him away from her. It's like, yeah, I'm turning into a zombie. It's like, get out of here while you can. He's like, I'll never leave you. And this, that, the other, you're my oldest best friend. And she's like, oh, he, she didn't leave me because all her fears and, and anxiety came from him stemming to leave him. So I'm like, oh, man, classic trope here. So... And then my boy, Bilarco, shows up to help, but he proceeds to strain something. So, it's like, oh man, that was a good episode. Came with the funny bunnies. It was indeed a good episode. It was. Very good indeed. And quick, did you wrap up? Because not much there. Episode two thirty eight, Foolish Survivors. They they flit they flash back to the where the army is invaded and Ghetto chases some some poor woman. She ends up dying because she was fleeing. And they talk about the history of the culling game, how they made it less bloodthirsty with the new rules and how people awakened people didn't want to like kill people and this and the other. And then so uh, one gentleman's starting to fight Ghetto when people come up. And the comedian man, I forget his curse power, but he shows up to fight Ghetto. And Ghetto was like, I swear I hit him with full on with the attack. But it somehow got deflected or it didn't had no effect. I was like, huh, that's interesting. So we'll see how that fight goes. He might be the only one that can defeat him. Because Gojo certainly couldn't. He might be, but like, come on. How are you going to get me hype over freaking Tsukuna versus Yuji? And then just put me together? I don't give a shit about Ghetto. Well, it's called world building. Okay, is that a One Piece joke? Maybe. How dare you? I mean, One Piece is notorious for that. They start a fight here and they go to three other fights that fight... To conclusion, pretty much, and then I hate it there too. 
<laughs> and they just exchange one punch. They're still back on the first punch on the first fight. And I'm like, come on. Bro, I thought about how it'd probably be a good idea, but too much work. I don't have the time to do it. To like take some of like the great fights and like edit all the pauses out of it. Which I'm sure people do, but like, do they do them from all the fights? You know what I mean? Not for all of them. There's there's some online where you can just watch the the. I think they call it like the the pertinent cut or something, where it only shows like what you need to know, and the fights are condensed. And like, there's no like pushing of hockey for like three episodes for something bends. Hmm. Yep. Forget what what it's called, but yeah, I watched it. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was way better than the regular show. <laughs> you would I would just watch that. Yeah. Because it's the truth. I ain't mad at you. You are. Just sad at you. You're probably like, oh, we should watch it all. And it's entire that you don't get the full effect when you just do that. Nah, dog, to each their own. Hmm. Good advice, eating it. Mm-hmm. To each their own. If you can't, if uh, if one thousand episodes seems like too much for you, it probably is. Way too much. They could have been found in One Piece about three hundred episodes ago. Well, it was supposed to end, but like it got uber popular. Then end it. You know, just because something's popular doesn't mean you gotta keep beating the dead horse. Uh, hey, listen. That's all, that sounds all fun and dandy, but just look at the Attack on Titans creator. The fan base changed the ending in anime. Well, he should say, ask more fortitude and not changed it. I, that's what I was saying earlier. That's what I was saying earlier today, actually. It was just like, yo, stick to your guns. I support Aaron. <laughs> not many I people would agree with that, but I was okay with his decision. Yeah, because you're a villain at heart. Hey, man, is it really a villain if you're fighting for the people you care about? But do you destroy the rest of society? Society wanted us destroyed. Yeah, there's a good reason for y'all to be destroyed. Nah, they were just minding their business. And then, you know, Titans. Mm, I'm not too sure, my guy. No, 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 no. So... The reason the wall broke was because of the Titans they sent from the other territory to invade. If Had they not invaded, there would not have been any, any of what happened in the last season, I don't think. Mm, interesting. <laughs> you got anything else you want to talk about? Mr. Cricket Man. No, I don't. That was it. I did all all I needed to. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed, like, comment, subscribe, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.